One of the problems is I can't uh, I can't do my usual thing, which is browse internet pornography during the podcast. of a podcast named Insert Credit. It's episode 65, and I'm your angry video game nerd stand-in, Alex Jaffe. Joining oh. me this week is Walter Day stand-in, Frank Cifaldi. <laughs> Hi. Sean <laughs> Baby stand-in, Tim Rogers. I met that guy once. And Brandon Sheffield stand-in, Ian Adams. It's a me. <laughs> I've met all of the people you've just mentioned. Oh my god. Yeah, they're all on the show right now. The guy is that Frank is supposed to be a stand-in for. Who is that? Walter Day. Yeah. Have you seen The King of Kong? Oh. <laughs> Walter Day is the founder of Twin Galaxies. He's the guy who always wears the referee uniform and plays guitar and stuff. Yeah. Does he make the hot sauce? No, that's a different guy. That's no, Billy. that's no. Billy Mitchell. I, I, I Ian Adams, I think everybody in the video game industry makes hot sauce. I think I think it's a, it's a flip of a coin when you meet somebody in the video game industry. Does, does this person make hot sauce? <laughs> flip a coin, there's your answer. There's a surprising amount in common between making video games and making hot sauce, but you just spoiled question eight of the show, so oh. I'm getting rid of that one. The old hot sauce question. Yeah. Tim, do you have the first question, or did you come unprepared? I was... Uh, I was I, I had like a whole bunch of I had a template for a question and I was just searching for the ultimate answer for it. Uh and uh it was man, I couldn't figure it out. Let's so, give you some time. So let's uh man, because I couldn't think of the best uh template for it. Alright, I'm gonna ask maybe three yeah, ask questions and then we'll get to yours. You have okay. that time to think about it. Roughly. That eight sounds minutes. good. Yeah, our, that fir- sounds good. Yeah. our first topic. Okay. What video game are you the most baffled actually got made? Whoa. Uh, um, uh, BMX XXX, maybe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that had a lot of money behind it. It really did. Yeah, there, no, there was, there was, there was like millions of dollars. It's a triple A game for yeah. its time. It's a triple A yeah, game it where about women uh, riding bikes with their with their shirts off. Like right. that—that that happened. Like you—you you could go to Best Buy and buy BMX Triple X. You could go to Blockbuster and rent it. Like yeah, it was just there. And like, wasn't there like a a multiplayer mode where you can like snipe at the topless women with a gun? Or... Uh, was there? I think I you think dreamed so. that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, th- I, think, I think Frank like, dreams that I every night. Because I actually played BMX Triple X because I was the assistant manager to Blockbuster when it came out. Yeah. Uh. And Did the you weirdest call it BMX? thing that comes to mind for me is that BMX Triple X uh, had like closing serious location. Well, no, it had serious like system to system differences. Like the way you unlocked a lady being topless was radically different from system to system on the GameCube. Really, I think uh, it was just like a, a choice. You went into the create a character and were like, no top. And on the other hardware, you actually had to unlock the option, and there were all sorts of other weird, like... Wait, wait which one Which one had the default games, clearly, uh, unlock? Which one? Um, I know Xbox you had to unlock. Okay, I don't so, think it came out for PS2, did it? I'm pretty sure it did. Uh, yeah, I think it was... And I can't imagine that GameCube was, like, the, the free boobs edition. No, it was. GameCube was That's absolutely the, GameCube. the free boobs edition. Whoa. Now, I want to know who played that game with the shirts on. I did. <laughs> I got to tell you guys something. How was it? I love, I love a good lady in a shirt, I just got to say. No, I, I actually have only ever joked about that game. I've never uh, perceived it as a real object. So I guess yeah. I am baffled that it got made. Yes. Like, you yeah. actually played it, Ian, yeah. Ian Wadhams? You played yeah, it? Yeah, I did. Uh, it's, I mean, it's the exact same engine as the Dave Mira BMX. Dave Mira Freestyle or whatever it's called. Yeah. I sort of played that one. It's because... exactly the same game. So if you played Dave Mira and you held a Playboy up near the screen, mm-hmm. but, like, it was just the back, because, again, you're playing the game. It's just the back. Uh, 
Oh right, so you're not actually seeing the boobs. You just you just know that they're there. Like you see the boobs when you're doing a trick where they flip around, or if they crash or something, and for some mm-hmm. reason the camera shows the front side. But in any of those games, you're basically staring at the character's back. That's true. Yeah. Well, that's my answer. I think I'm. Yeah, won. I'm, I'm uh, still baffled by that. So now I'm thinking that that would actually be like a fantastic idea for a Wii U gamepad game. Is just there's pornography on the screen. Constantly, mm-hmm. and the screen, the the gamepad keeps making sounds, being like, "Look at the controller in your hand! Look! Oh my God! You won't believe what they're doing now!" Or you can like hear the sound of a pornographic video while like you're playing this really hard Super Mario stage up on the TV. <laughs> yeah, I would be. I wouldn't be baffled if that got made because that's a really good idea. Because it's true. Yeah, that's all. The, like, I'm sure some people are going to be like, "There's that Wii game where you strike a wrestling pose as you run through a wall." But I'm like, I totally get what Muscle that got March. Made. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah, that, that was uh, together prototypes, and they did that, and they were like, "This is funny. Let's ship it." Yeah, that that, that, that's like an art project, and it's also uh, extreme low salaries among game developers in Japan. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh yeah, sure, you guys, uh, you can just break off and make that, and charge ten bucks for it, and some idiot will buy it. And, I mean, I knew an idiot who bought that game, Muscle March. Is that the one yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah it had a good, it had a funny trailer. I, it had a story funny. where it's like, like somebody's stolen your protein powder. That's like actually the story. Yeah. So you have to bodybuild, march, music pose, rhythm, run your way to their joint and bust them up or whatever. So I don't mean to like keep this on the, the porny stuff, but the other one that comes to mind for me is Custer's Revenge. Uh, oh, any is, of those porn games on the 20... Well, okay, any of the porn games. Like, like It makes sense to make a porn game when there's no regulations. That's fine. Like Beat Em and is... Yeah, Beat Em and is bizarre. It's a game about masturbating on a rooftop. Sure. Uh, that is true. But, and that's bizarre, And but I kind of get it. What I don't get is Custer's Revenge, which is a game about raping a Native American. Like, it's literally a game where a Native American woman is tied up and you rape her. But and that's a game that you play out of the store. We, we Again, still, I'm not... We still have a football team called the Washington Redskins. So I mean, I'm not baffled by it because it's a 2600 game. You only need one asshole to decide to make Custer's Revenge. I'm like, oh, there's an asshole who knows how to make a 2600 yeah. game? That's not baffling and at he's all. And he's also kind of a psycho. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, so okay, well, 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 Kind of a racist. Like, there's a company, there's like a large company, like a claim. Well, wait, 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 wait. Custer's Revenge was a fairly large company. It was called Mystique. They published about 10 games for the Atari. They had really good distribution in every adult store in the nation. Like, this is, this is a real sure company. This was not just like one or two guys. It, it blows my mind that they, they sold Custer's Revenge so. in an adult store. That blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, this was this was a real. This was not like you know a back of the magazine order thing. This was like distributed to stores. Like, how could that have even sell been? Revenge. How could that have even been a good idea? Like at all? Like that game? <laughs> I've seen pictures of it. I've seen videos of it, and I'm not gonna lie. I've seen somebody play it for real on an emulator. Uh, it's. I don't understand how anybody could get a boner while looking at or thinking about that game. I don't think the point was a boner. I think the point was, look at this... Look uh, at this controversial, weird, crazy thing. It's funny because there's sex involved in a video game. You don't think it's happening together. Childish, prurient, you know, like, oh, oh, look how inappropriate we're being. Back then, you could could just say anything on the screen was anything. You're like, this dot is a baseball player or whatever. So I guess it's... I don't know. I don't know. You could definitely well, tell that Custer had can... an erect penis. You can see yes. sort of an erect penis there. Yeah. Right. I don't know. People can see a, a a baby in their ultrasound photos. I guess they can see an erect penis in culture, cu- cultures. Whoa. Cultures, cultures revenge. Whoa. <laughs> I've been, I was just talking to Podcasting. somebody today. I was having a a, a, a a phone call in which I was talking about how much I hate culture. So I guess there you go. I'm okay. talking. I, I hate culture. Culture's revenge. That was the Freudian slip there. Yeah. Uh, what were the best-looking video games of the pre-NES era? This is question Custer's number two. Revenge. Yes. Custer's Revenge. Uh, that <laughs> boner. That boner. I've got to say was you could, sublime. You could feel the turgidness through the screen. I think to make this Turgidity. question uh, uh, interesting, we have to eliminate arcade games because there are plenty of arcade games from before the NES days that look better than like 16-bit games. So sure, yeah. Go I think for it's it. Be eliminate those. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm gonna just save a bunch of stuff on Betrix, Betrix like Battlezone. Actually, looks sure. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, not well, not that platform game with the with the guy. It was just a bunch of squiggly lines. I didn't lines say everything around. on Betrix. You did. You implied. <laughs> um, 
Let's see that there. I like that helicopter game on Intellivision. I don't remember the name of it. It's got like an overhead city view, and you drop oh, things down. That's got a really good look to it. I know that one. Uh, God, all those Intellivision games were so chunky. It was hard to make them look good. Yeah. Um, I still consider Hero on the 2600 aesthetically pleasing because it's just so simple in design. It's just a cavern with a guy, but you know, it's it's got those lanterns in the cavern that are sort of pulsing light in this neat effect. And like yeah. when you see water, you can tell that it's water. Like it's it's a pretty good looking game. Uh, Not in stills, but God. So okay, we can only talk about home console stuff. I yeah. think so, or or computers. Why okay. not? But, like, if you go arcade stuff, it's, no, you know, know. like anything Midway was doing. Well, I mean, it's, you can go back a ways. Like, I think Pac-Man looks really, really good. Pac-Man sure. could have looked... But, you know, you compare that to the early home console, the pre-NES home console Pac-Man, so those all look like shit. Yeah, they look pretty bad. Yep. Um... There's there's a there's a 2600 game published by Atari where you're a dolphin. I can't remember the name of it, but that one had uh, that one looked Echo really good. It was not Echo the Dolphin for the Atari 2600. No, that, that one looked really joke, good because I, I I understand that was a joke. Thanks for explaining okay, okay. that. Um, <laughs> Wait, Atari games could look cool because. Uh, the way the 2600 worked where you're just drawing each scan line of the TV, you could actually have, like, a ton of colors because you're just sort of racing the, the photon beam, right? So you could actually create this neat, these neat rainbow effects. So I remember in that game specifically, like, the, the water on the surface sort of, like, subtly changed color as you got deeper and deeper in, and that looked really good. Hmm. This I don't remember the name of it, though. Come on! Uh, yeah, I don't I, remember I, the name of any of those things. I can't things. help you guys. I, th- this is a question I have no opinions on. I was legitimately okay. asking you guys. Um, what else? Oh, can we also note that most of them looked bad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's implied. Part of why this was real hard. <laughs> right. There's probably some good-looking ColecoVision stuff, because ColecoVision was fairly powerful. Like Donkey Kong and ColecoVision was a pretty good-looking port. So I wanted Atari to say that... Computer stuff... Sure, there are a lot of computer okay. games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tim, what did you want to say? Oh, I just I was going to say when you first ma- a- asked the question, I was going to say that I I like Asteroids Deluxe in the arcade, but I guess that's an arcade game, so it doesn't count. I, I guess just they like can count them. I like any of those ultra ultra high resolution vector graphics games with the really creepy bright, yeah, uh, black and white colors. I think those. Still look really awesome today as uh, the uh, vector graphics Star Wars arcade game. Mm-hmm. That was a good looking video game. Looked really good. They did some weird effects on that too, like uh, yeah. when you're, when you're shooting the beams, it actually like intentionally blurs itself just based on the uh, I don't even know how vector monitor works, but like it just kind of like slightly misses or something to create this blur that's like a motion blur. Like, they actually thought that far ahead, so yeah, that yeah. Star Wars is great looking. Major Havoc is a really good looking vector game, too. Major Havoc's not one that people talk about very often, but that, I love that game. That game is pretty goddamn sweet. I mean, it, like, okay, we're talking about arcade games now. Uh, Marble Madness is an old arcade game that looks fantastic still. Yep. It looks pretty good. The shading on that is crazy. Um, our, our listeners are informing us that the Dolphin game is conveniently titled Dolphin, by the way. Ooh. Is I, it? I thought that was the code name for the GameCube. That's way too far after the NES. Whoa. <laughs> uh, that was a good joke there, Jaffe. I like how Donkey Thanks. Kong looks. Yep. The original the Donkey Kong game. looks pretty hot and sweet. I like Probably all those. super like... dumb, but uh, when yeah. Mario, nay, Jumpman jumps around, it feels good. Looks I like Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, that, his maiden name was Jumpman. Then he married into the Mario family. That yeah, explains actually, why his name is Mario Mario. Mario Mario. Yeah. Luigi Mario. What kind of insane parent would have named him Mario Mario? It doesn't track. <laughs> Mario. Mario. I mean, all those Miyamoto, Mario, Mario. Miyamoto I mean, sprited games look really good yeah. still. Like, like Donkey Kong 3 is not a good game, but like Donkey Kong himself looks great in that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Donkey Kong is I a good-looking gorilla. We should totally note that uh, Yamuchi married into the Yamuchi family and took that last name. So there's a pretty hardcore Nintendo precedent. Precedent for, yeah, <laughs> taking the, the, the wife's last name. Sure. I almost married Mario into a Japanese family once. 
would you have taken you the... that story? No, well, yeah, that's not. that's that's what I mean. I, I oh yeah, I just I really liked the last name. That was actually part of the reason why I was considering ah. marrying the girl when she asked me to marry her, and then we didn't get married. Can you say the last name? Something, I'm not going to say the name. Something right. horrible happened. Is why I didn't marry her. So okay, something just absolutely stupid. Yeah, All right, and was disfigured. Yeah, I got. That's why I'm wearing these sunglasses. Yeah. Okay, this but uh, last week, I think all of the yeah, I think all of the like Nintendo uh, games pre NES were pretty cool. All the Nintendo arcade games looked cool. There's a lot of cool yeah. like I think Midway stuff, uh, arcade wise that had pretty high resolution screens, so the sprite work looked pretty good. Like Tapper was one of them. Rampage still looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Arch Rivals. I don't know how old Arch Rivals is, though. I will totally note that the naked lady walking away in Rampage is uh, better looking than anything from Custer's Revenge. True. Ah, also true. BMX Triple X. Yeah. yeah. No, it works better than either of those. <laughs> Third topic. Third okay. already. Yeah. Fun just flies by. When is a video game remake or remaster different enough from its predecessor to be eligible again for annual award consideration? Oh, no. Uh, That's a Pac difficult Man question. DX or Pac-Man yeah, Champion Edition. Those ones. I, I almost wouldn't consider those That's re- not a remake. Masters or, I consider that like a new game that has absorbed the legacy of, of the old game. I well, like that. By my answer, that that's when it's different enough to be considered for an award. Yeah, I know. That's why I I started to understand the quality of the answer while trying yeah. to refute it. Uh, I think that that Pac-Man DX is just or Champion Edition is just fantastic. Just god darn fantastic. That's a super good game. And that Championship Edition DX is a different game. I think it's definitely a different game. You just call it Championship oh. Edition 2 if you want it. It's actually a yeah. different game. I like the first one better. It's the PC version of DX has the original game there. You just play that mode, and it's exactly like the old one. There's no bombs or anything. So the PC version is the best. That's why it's DX++. Then you can play it with a keyboard. Yep. I, uh, let, me, the... let me bring up a uh, recent topical example. Okay. Uh, for, an, for instance, an R- RT. Uh, yes, the uh, Stanley Parable, which was released in uh, Steam and uh, for various computer systems uh, last week. Uh, a lot of people are getting their look at it for the first time. It is pretty much a remake of a Half-Life 2 mod from 2011. So is that a 2011 game or a 2013 game? I would say that's a 2013 game. Am I the only one who's played both versions besides Alex? Has Alex played both versions? No, I have not played both. Okay, so I, <laughs> I'm, the I, I fun. I'm the only one who actually is like, legitimately able to answer the question. Yeah, go um, for it. Yeah, that's why we invited uh, you um, <laughs> for this question. Yeah, I, I would say it's different enough, in part because the original was a free release that really was a work in progress of ideas that are better crystallized and more fully formed in the final version. There are... Is it, is it like Narbacular Drop versus Portal? It's not... It's, no. it's less dramatic than that. Like, Narbacular okay. Drop and Portal don't even have any puzzles in common. Okay. Uh, elements of the core mechanic are actually changed between the two of them. In Narbacular Drop, you can shoot a portal through a portal, which creates all sorts of super complicated puzzles that Portal doesn't allow for. Uh... Stanley Parable has moments that are identical aside from having brand new art. Sure. Um, that said, the flow of the game, the, the nature of that game in particular, uh, is so much about moment-to-moment choice-making and flow that moving those moments into a different space or having the way that you get there be different really does significantly change them. Context. Well, maybe we should define what is and isn't. Like, I'd, I'd say uh, Metroid Zero Missions is a different game, right? Yeah, yeah that's I'd, a very good say. Yeah. I'd say the Secret of Monkey Island Special Edition isn't a different game. So, okay. like, where does something like uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers for the Game Boy Color, where it had Super Mario Lost Levels, yeah, as a, as a bonus, where does that fit? It had yeah. a ton of extra content. But it's it's a collection. Yeah. It's not a remake. Yeah, that's that's Our, not a. 
Or port, I guess, or right? Tetris and Tetris the Grandmaster, different games. Yes. Yeah, different rule sets. Different games. Tetris the Grandmaster is great. Like, with a puzzle game, it's pretty easy to be like, oh, the rule set changed, that's a different game. Yeah. I play it a different way, whereas with a... Are like, Madden two are Madden twenty twelve and Madden twenty eleven different games? Yeah. E- hmm. Yes and no. I believe that there could be a moment where they release a Madden game that suddenly all the reviewers are like, "Well, finally they made one that is uh, worthy of nominating for Game of the Year." I mean, that happened with NBA two K eleven a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. There was the. It's like, whoa! This game suddenly got really great. When really it was, you know, marginally better. It just had Michael Jordan. Yeah, I was gonna say they added Michael Jordan to it. Michael Jordan's <laughs> on the cover, and then suddenly a bunch of people who otherwise wouldn't have paid attention are paying attention. Uh, like I remember me. when when Super Mario All Stars came out. I remember that being called like. In, in, I know EGM gave it like two tens and two nines. I think Frank can corroborate that. But when we oh, uh, they're back there. I don't feel like in the August 1996 issue uh, or 95. Sorry, I when, thought EGM doesn't do first party reviews for Nintendo. Well, this was in the mid 90s, so th- this yeah, was they, a they, had, they had they had loosened up by then. Yeah. yeah, they right. they got over the existence of Nintendo Power. And then they were making enough ad dollars. But uh, like when we did our Super Nintendo podcast, I'm pretty sure we would have vetoed Super Mario All Stars, <laughs> even though I'm sitting here thinking maybe Super Mario All Stars is an essential Super Nintendo game. Uh, uh, that maybe, card maybe that has is. Super Mario All Stars and Super Mario World and a Super Nintendo, and you can yeah. pretty much just be like, well, I'm done. You don't really. Yeah. You could just glue that to the Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. You don't need another game. In fact, why wasn't that a thing? Why wasn't there a Super Mario All Stars plus Super Mario World already just the console, like a, like a pass through thing inside yeah. the console? Why wasn't that in there? Just with no slot. It was just a box that played that. Yeah. What about Super Mario sixty four DS? Uh, there's a lot of new stuff you can do with that. With the little. I'm just oh yeah, that's all Mario's playable. What? It has the co-op and the the competitive stuff. Yeah, it had some co-op in it. I I wouldn't ever consider that a good thing at all, though. That definitely felt like many games added to an existing game, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a DVD release, right, with with bonus features. That wasn't a remake. Um, You guys want to one-up this? I I have an answer that I actually think is pretty succinct. Let's hear it. If when I sit down and start playing the game the decisions that I'm making are fundamentally different than the decisions I would have made if I was playing the old version, I'm playing a new game. All right. I'm okay with that. Are you ready with your question? Or do you need more time? Give me some more time. Okay. Uh, Well, I want want to argue Ian's point, though. Okay. I'm up for one-upping it. Let's let's say that, in theory... um, Oh, wait, this has happened. Okay. Uh, let's go soft porn adventure to Leisure Suit Larry, right? Okay. Uh, this is a text adventure with the same puzzles that is now a uh, graphical adventure with different character names and everything. Is that a remake of the text adventure? Uh, I'm going to be a dick about soft porn adventure in particular and say that Al Lowe added so many hilarious answers for failed uses of the cursor prompt. <laughs> that the decisions that I would make while playing Leisure Suit Larry are significantly different because there's so many great jokes in it that aren't in soft porn adventure. Okay, but uh, but is okay. Is but if that... it weren't that, if that weren't the case, yeah. Again, I think it would be different because that that level of visual upgrade to literally go from text to graphics. Is but but the same exact game. I don't know if it's the same exact game. I haven't played Softborn Adventure, but like assuming the puzzles are all the same, it's presented the same way to you, like in the same order, and you're probably going to make the same decisions. Is that not like a different enough game going from text adventure to graphic adventure? I that one I think is because I do, I think the graphics and that would make me make different decisions. I would look at rooms. Okay. I would check out posters. I wouldn't have okay. noticed when I said look room. I'm going to think about things I wouldn't have thought about. You're going to think visually, yep, okay. Just like All a right, 2D or enough. 3D thing would make you think differently. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I was trying to think of a good example of a 2D or 3D thing that did specifically that, but I couldn't. 
All right. The bonus Green Hill Zone level in Sonic Adventure 2, if you got everything. Yeah, that actually did come to mind, but I couldn't bring that up. I was afraid I would be branded as uh, a guy who played Sonic Adventure 2. So this is the third old porn game I've brought up? Yeah, this is our our porn episode, I guess. Uh, Heck yeah. uh, This next question is a very detailed question from listener Wes Ehrlichman, so pay attention. I know that guy. Pretend for a moment that you're an independent developer making a game for a publisher. Your publisher is demanding... (laughs) That's really hard. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that is really hard. (laughs) I guess I'm just quoting the way he worded it. I didn't change anything. Your publisher has demanded that you punch up the dialogue in your 3D platforming action game, and they hand you a stack with three different candidates that you can choose from to do so. Each person's writing sample seems to channel different pop culture material. The first channels Dungeons & Dragons. The second channels several different video games. The third channels Monty Python, including direct quotes. Which person do you choose? The video games one. I've hired writers before, and I don't hire any of those people. I write. Yeah. But, what, but this is there. You've got a gun to your head on this. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it's the least awful. What what exactly is channeling Dungeons and Dragons? I mean, exactly. So yeah, I don't know. What I guess that means because either. that that means that they they have more of a sense of imagination, I suppose. I, well, I, I think I think channeling. I, I think it'd be the rule books, right? It'd be like the official TSR rule books of Dungeons and Dragons. So it'd be like you know name dropping different species of whatevers, right? And and going into insane nerd detail over that stuff. I'd imagine that's what Dungeons and Dragons dialogue would be. Um, I don't understand how that's something that is to punch something up. Well, this is a publisher we're working with. This, the I'm assuming these are his three nephews. And yes, I a pu- the publisher of your independent game. It, it's, it's a, it's our, a nephew. It's a publisher of our game, it's a nephew, Uncle Scrooge. It's a, it's a nephew, it's a QA guy, and it's like maybe the publisher guy himself. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I, I would do the Dungeons & Dragons. There's nothing that I get more turned off by when I'm reading someone's writing sample than someone who just goes, eh, remember that joke? And the whole uh, so I'm hearing okay so the the Monty Python one sounded uh, uh, attractive for a second because Monty Python is a very wide range of stuff right yeah. there's a pretty big wide range but then you 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 throw in the uh, the direct quotes thing and that's like yeah. oh well I mean I don't want somebody who's just gonna directly quote anything. Exactly. Yeah, that's no, gonna be that's gonna be Fallout Two is what that's gonna be because Fallout Two had those moments where it's like here's a holy hand grenade, huh? And like and, it's yeah. a flesh wound. <laughs> all, all of Duke Nukem. <laughs> yeah, Duke it, Nukem is just repeatedly just sixty nining itself in terms. This is of the just dialogue. a big like jumping outside of this question. Anyone who's listening who cares about writing, the stuff you care about that's funny is funny because they made it up. Yeah, Monty Python exactly. is relevant because it was brand new and it was creative and original and it's not full of quotes from other shit. Don't do that. I get about 900 likes on Instagram whenever I post a picture of something with a video game in it and like three likes when I post something that is just photographically sublimely perfect. So mm-hmm. th- this this kind of teaches doesn't teach it teaches me something I already god darn know, which is people like stuff that's connected to stuff. Once I tweeted... Uh, this is this is me quoting a tweet that I tweeted. Did you know you can say something uh, that nobody's ever said before, and somebody still might sort of laugh at it? You know, you don't have to just repeat jokes. And nobody retweeted that tweet because I don't think it was snappy enough or it didn't reference anything. I didn't but, see it. But people people don't. Uh, I don't know, man. Having worked in startups in the San Francisco Bay Area with the sorts of sleazes that work around here, that live around here, it's like. Nobody says anything unless they've they've heard it said by somebody else, and they have like pre-approval that someone exists who thinks. Oh, that that is San Francisco specifically. I found that's that's what I'm talking about. So, well, I guess not San the Bay Francisco. Area. It's San Francisco. I I've been down in the South Bay and heard it, so it's kind of both. Okay, it's probably San Francisco and like Silicon Valley. Yeah. I just I just have it's, to it's, unfortunately it's, say it's startups is what it is. Yeah, and I, I hate to I hate to tell you this, but those people have found Oakland in the last year. I know. So, so they're aware. they're they're here as well. But yeah. uh, so uh, I just I don't understand. Like I've had this thing for the last couple years, 
right, the last large portion of my life where I'm writing stuff, and I just write stuff that I think is funny, you know? And I'm like, lol, look at that thing I just wrote, you know? I don't understand why everybody else finds it so hard. But uh, 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 I think there's, in terms of, what if it came down to the Monty Python person and the video game reference person? Who would you pick then? Monty I would Python definitely guy. pick the Monty Python guy, because at least that's drawing from... Yeah. And oh, here's yeah, a, here's something sword. I don't. You're not. Ouroboros is eating like its own tail. It's not starting at its own neck. On on a similar note, uh, <laughs> right. am, am I the only person who thinks it's kind of weird that like such a large number of indie games these days are pitching themselves in their trailers as look at all the indie game characters that we've got in our indie game. Our indie game has right. this guy from the like. Like for example, the uh, no offense to the Bit Trip Runner guys because they're all pretty cool. But uh, how many games is that Bit Trip Runner character in? Yeah. Like like fifty games. What are they trying to do with that guy? You know. Yeah, it's it, I'm, I'm a little actually, weirded I, up. I'm actually that. working on something right now that will answer that question, Tim. Oh, I'm excited. But we'll bring that up in a future show. I'm yeah, very uh, excited about that. I think uh, I, I was a little is. weirded up by that myself. Yeah. Um, Wait, it, it's are almost we doing Tim's like, question now? Did we just transition suddenly into Tim's question? What's up? No, no, I mean, that's. I think no. it's connected to this one. Okay. Yeah, this one is over, but uh, sure. Is this uh, Tim's question, or do you have a different question? Um, I don't even know what my question Tim. is anymore. It's a pretty good topic of discussion. Let's, let's, let's call it... Let's go ahead and talk about it. What's, what's the deal? Topic. Um, well, and this, this is kind of a bigger topic for me, because I, 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 I feel that, too, and, and I've often felt like people are just kind of driving the word indie into the ground and, and, and causing it to not really mean anything anymore. Like, what is indie? Do I work for an indie studio? We're small. We, we self-publish a little know. bit. I don't know. Like, what is indie? Like, and, and I feel like the whole, like, uh, Retro City Rampage is a good example. Like, you go into an arcade in Retro City Rampage and you play a Bit Trip Runner game, you play a Super Meat Boy game, I think maybe Hotline Miami or something. But it's like... Um, it's it's almost become an identity rather than like an actual like set of rules or whatever. Like it's you identify as being an indie game developer, and it's like something you wear with pride, even if it doesn't actually mean anything. It's and it's so the, it's a little weird to me. The first game I'm, I remember doing it. Was I think it's about being part of a scene. It's like a solidarity sort of thing. That like oh we're all scraping by together. And yeah, I think so. Scraping, love scraping. So I know. Well, what were you like, thinking in the first? I, I, I don't. I don't think it's that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that terrible a thing. Uh-oh. I think it's uh, uh, pretty endearing. Is somebody lagging? So, yeah. The I don't think so. The first oh. one I remember is is Meat Boy, not Super Meat Boy, the Flash game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Meat Boy had uh, Castle Crashers characters in it, which made a lot of sense because it was CCC. being made for uh, Newgrounds. Yeah. And it was being made by people yeah. who were buddies with Tom Fulp and. It was all sort of, you know, that little Newgrounds click, and they would do right. that. They would kind of throw each other's characters into their games, and it was just an Easter egg for right. each other. Uh, and then Super Meat Boy went out, and they carried that that premise forward, and it was a gigantic fucking hit. Yeah. Uh, and I think that sowed the seed for a lot of people that they went, oh, okay, that's part of how, that's part of how you market as an indie. You yeah. market that way yeah. where it's like you're not being crass. You're just sort of being like, look, we're all bros. We hang out together. Uh, it's, I mean, it's almost analogous to like a hip-hop record having somebody more famous yeah. than you guest on a track or something. Yes, I, uh, that, that's a great point. I've thought about mm-hmm. it that way before. Yeah, well, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's, I, don't even, I don't even really know what that Bit Trip Runner guy is supposed to be. That's all. I just think he's just like kind of a thing. Well, he bits, uh, he trips, and he runs. I don't. I don't get that game. It's not like a platform game, is it? It's like no. It's, it's a rhythm looks, game. It looks like a platform game. Yeah, it's a rhythm game pretending to be a platform game. Yep. Um, I'm not saying it's like wrong. I just. It's just still kind of weird to me to just. I don't know. Like the. No, you're the, absolutely right that indie is a scene more than it is like. Yeah. Indie used to mean I am developing video games without external funding. Right, and it, it also. I mean, like it. It's it's all the same stuff now. It used to, it, there used to be this clear divide, but like, you know, it's all just game development to me at this point. It's it's. Right. I mean, especially now that there's like no in between, right? It's 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 like huge or everything else, and and like I, I don't know. Just the word indie is just it's yes. become meaningless to me. 
But uh, it is a good uh, badge, as Alex said. It, it is something to feel proud of still. So I don't fault people for using it. I just am kind of weirded out by its uh, current application. I've never called right. myself an, an indie game developer. Independent, maybe, but not. I don't. I don't. I don't like the word indie. It's. I don't. I don't like shortened versions of words. I guess acronyms, <laughs> abbreviations, sure, but you know, no, nothing cutesy. Yeah, nothing. Nothing cutesy for me. I'm too cool. Hence the glasses. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's move on, shall we? Yep. How will future game designers invoke nostalgia for the games of the double aughts? Probably with, like, flying cars. Flying cars is a definite. Yeah. I think uh, in about, about three or four years from now, every single video game is going to be, like, Wipeout or F-Zero. It's gonna I be was going to say flat-shaded polygons. Yeah. Yeah, those two. Yeah. Uh, Scale, I think, is uh, one of the first games that's actually really evoking an early aughts aesthetic. Yeah, I like the way that game looks. It also it looks very, very uh, interesting and confident and different, and uh, I enjoy it. But you're talking about the games of now, right, Alex? Basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Well, now we're a little bit past. I'm talking about the games like maybe five years ago. Okay. Five years ago. So early, well, not early, but like, you know, what you think of as like Xbox 360. Right. PS3, yeah. Right. Um, early to uh, me. Uh, the, the color palettes, I guess. Well, everything be common color palettes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things on that's hard screen. to say. Like, it's, it's, it's hard for me to say. Like, I can clearly identify in a photo if it's, like, the 90s, the 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s. Like, that's really easy. But, like, I still don't know what the aughts look like in a photo. Hence the so question, Frank. Right. I know. Like, I'm just saying, it's really hard to identify that while it's happening. Yeah, um, uh, yeah the lack of but, uh, distance, the lack of context externally is really tricky. But that said, I mean, like, it's easy to do, like, a PS2 throwback just with the uh, poly count, right? Right. Like, like that's like you, you have a PS2 level poly count, and it just looks like a PS2 game automatically. Um, that's probably going to be true of this generation. I mean, we're not near photorealistic or whatever. Like, like I think you can just, you know, you can have the same sort of poly count and shading and stuff. Oh, um, uh, Unreal Engine shininess. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Bloom. Yeah, like oh, all, man. That, all that Bioshock shininess. The yeah. bloom that makes stuff look like it's just kind of wet with white light. Just yeah. Kind of yeah. With the, just I feel like that could be a thing somebody gets nostalgic about. Everything just looking like... Maybe Gears of War style oatmeal men. Oh, oatmeal face, yeah. I think oatmeal face is a thing that a couple of people are going <laughs> to... Yeah, that could be a thing. Yeah, oatmeal face. Yeah, I think I think Unreal shininess really hit it. That, I think that, one's that and brown. Yes, shiny and brown. That's how you invoke the double lots. Yes. Yeah, shiny Just brown. Just like gray. my turds. Next question. Yeah, turds. I'm glad. Oh, and we I'm, got, I'm glad we got around to talking about turds finally. And I'm hoping like the ultra cinematic thing, like look, we're a movie. Get it? Like I hope that is like just a sign of the times and not. You know, Permanent. the future. Yeah. Camera shaking and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Nintendo yeah. Wii production was su shut down in Japan this week. To pay our respects, what are your best Wii memories? Oh, man. Hmm. Well, I guess my uh, best one is is launch week. <laughs> Which, I had um, a good time at that. Yeah, like, my, my launch week was... Uh, I was home in Las Vegas staying with my mom, and... Yeah, I wasn't quite sure if I was going to buy it, like, launch day or wait, but it was, like, 4 a.m. on launch day, and I was awake. And I was like, eh, I'll just go to Target, see what the line's like. And I did, and I ended up getting one on launch day. I bought a Wii with Zelda and, and for some reason, Trauma Center. Um, but I spent a week playing through Twilight Princess on my mom's couch, uh, which is not, like, you know... A, a great game. It's a good game. It's not great, but but it's decent. being being an adult and playing through a new Zelda on your mom's couch for a week with nothing else to do uh, was a pretty good time and something that you know I'll probably keep with me forever. Uh, I'll never forget how 
Right. Luigi's wow, coins. I'll never forget how on the day of my 18th birthday, to uh, mark my passage into legal adulthood, nice. my mother's birthday present for me was a Nintendo Wii. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's, that's pretty but, good. But, uh, Tim, you played Mario Galaxy. You know which level it, I'm talking about? Yeah, oh, I played that one. Luigi's Purple which Coins. Oh, Luigi, yeah. Luigi's what? Luigi's people, Purple people Coins. Keep, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I know which level yeah. you're talking about. LPC. How was that? That's that's my that's I think number one. Wow, we keep we keep starting sentences at exactly the same time and then continuing them for like four seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the heck is the deal with that? So I was gonna say my my biggest Wii memory now that you put a gun to my head and tell me what to pick one. I'm gonna go ahead and say it is uh I had planned a trip to Los Angeles, California, and uh, the trip was such that I would be leaving the day after Super Mario Galaxy came out. So I bought Super Mario Galaxy, and I took my... I, I didn't open it up. No, I did, and then I played it for like three seconds, and I was like, yeah, this is cool. And then I took it with me to Los Angeles, and I played it with a lady that I liked a lot, and we just hated it. It was just... We felt it was really insipid and bad. And uh, Mario didn't slide around anymore, and uh, the planetoids gimmick was so so cheap and flimsy, like the plastic the Wii was made of, like the like the battery compartment on the Wii controller, just made of a plastic you could put in a pot of water, like warm water, and have it just. So this, this is your favorite memory of the Wii. Yes, it's my favorite memory because we found other stuff to do. Cool. And. I, I, I remember that Wii just being on 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 somebody's living room floor, just in the middle of a rug, just sitting there. And then I'm like, I guess I've got to go back now. And I just threw it in my suitcase and just I didn't even care. And, uh, Would you say that Mario Galaxy is the worst game in the official Mario canon? No. I don't know. It's an okay game. I didn't I, I didn't hate it. So much as I was just vigorously disappointed because I'd set aside two weeks of my life to have a good time. New Super oh. Mario Brothers 2 is way worse. New Super Mario Brothers 2 for the threes? Yeah. For the 3Ds? Yeah, it looks pretty bad. I haven't it's actually played that one. Not good. That's my favorite Wii memory, though. Um, I remember the day that uh, the trickle-down... Uh, the trickle-down uh, news for the Super Smash Brothers Brawl kind of campaign... Uh, the day they announced that Sonic the Hedgehog would be in it, that was that was a really big deal, pretty much everywhere. That was a hot uh, time in pari- the city. Yeah, yeah par- parades and confetti. Uh, pe- people were calling their moms. It, it, it was like uh, the unveiling of Twilight Princess all over again. That that was I fun. Remember. Oh yeah, with just people shrieking and screaming. Yeah. And crying oh yeah. Out. I guess I, uh, I guess my favorite actual Wii memory was just the announcement of the controller, like. Because you thought there was going to be cool stuff. Yeah, I really thought that like this was going to open a lot of doors to interesting game design, and and maybe if they had like a self-publishing platform back then, which I mean, yeah, that's hilarious, right, to think of Nintendo in 2006 having a self-publishing platform. But but maybe if they did, we would have actually seen some really cool, innovative stuff. But it never really happened. Like there were some sort of interesting games. Boomblocks was kind of an interesting use of the remote, but like. It just it, the promise of it is my favorite memory, and like that's why I wanted it right away, and it just never really delivered. Uh, yeah. Hacking it and just copying yeah. all of your games to a USB drive. I was gonna say that too, actually, yeah. and being like, "Well, here's what video games are going to be like. Like, if it's a matter of time before this is how it is, and yep. uh, uh, everybody's a fucking backward troglodyte, and we still can't have nice things like that." Yep. I had the memory with the Wii and the PS2, like putting all my games on a hard drive and being like, they're all there. Or the DS also, right? DS yep. flash card. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, it's I happening can't wait now. for the world to catch up here. But yeah, I, I think it's there. happening. I remember getting that Wii Sports Resort and playing it with my bros, Delicious McCune, mm-hmm. whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Delicious. I remember us playing that Frisbee golf on there. Yeah. It's It's been hard since you died, dude. Uh, so, uh, 
uh, I remember playing frisbee golf with him in my living room and just being like, "Wow, this is so great!" Uh, because that Motion Plus was pretty cool. It did a yeah. bunch of cool stuff. And then you know it was too late though, because most people had already had their Thanksgiving dinner with Grandma and Wii bowling like a couple years earlier, and they were over the Wii as a thing. And finally, it had the cool stuff. And uh, I guess another cool memory was playing the first 20 hours of Zelda Skyward Sword on my uh, on my sofa in this very living room right here, in the cold, in the dark, and just not liking it. But but in, right. a good, in a constructive way. I had fun disliking that game. Alright, next. Next, next yeah. topic. Which yeah. video game character do you believe would hate you personally the most? My mom. Wait. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh man, that's such a good question. Good Princess Peach because she's really hot and a girl. Yeah, that's. <laughs> the, the, the guys from Madden count. I don't feel like we would get. <laughs> you would I don't know. No, I don't. I don't, I don't think that. I, I would count the guys. Players from or the announcers. I, I would count the guys from Mutant League Football, but not the guys from Madden. I feel like you could hang with some football players. I think maybe. Big Head Bill Clinton from the BHM would not I, like I, that. I would be fine. <laughs> but regular Head Bill Clinton and you would get along just fine. Regular Head Bill Clinton from NBHM would think I was okay. Well, but, but hair dog. Self-conscious. If he's always like, are you looking at the giant head? God damn it. I think Lester, Lester the Unlikely, uh, if he were mm. a real person, would have probably sent me several email death threats by now. Because he will, he would have like, also been a fan of yours, though, is the thing. Yeah. A lot of, uh, he would have been a fan who then one day posts something on NeoGAF where he's like, I used to enjoy reading his articles, and yeah. now I don't. That would be Lester the Unlikely. And also Green Dog, the beached surfer dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Green dog. Uh, the, uh, I, think the video. I think there's going to be a Homestuck video game soon. The Homestuck I don't know what that guy is. would probably hate you the most. I, I don't know what that right. is. I don't know what that is either. Uh, I think Chakan, the Forever Man, would not like me. Mm. I also think uh, the guy from Mystic Defender wouldn't like me. I think the but, Comic Zone guy would like me, but I would dislike him. Yeah, I think uh, T Hawk from Super Street Fighter Two would uh, not like me. But, think... but you're a point one percent Native American. Oh, that is true. That he is hates true. that though. That fucking like, oh really? Why? Because your great great grandfather <laughs> raped one of my ancestors. You're a monster. Yeah, yeah. would think. Yeah, I think he wouldn't like that. I think Dolph Seam from Super Street Fighter Two, not regular Street Fighter Two. I think he wouldn't like me either. Because lately I've, I've actually been doing yoga every day. And Super Turbo Dalsim. Would he, would, he would think that was threatening. Yeah. Super yeah. Turbo Dalsim would think I was okay, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Bonk and I could hang out. Bonk? Nah, yeah, oh, Bonk. Well, does, can Bonk speak? I think Bonk just... He could, speak. okay, he could he on his... Bonks. uh The Hudson Marketing uh, MySpace page for Bonk yeah. <laughs> was actually yeah. pretty, pretty weird. Come and on. it was just... A, it was a bunch of... Posts of Bonk talking about the ladies, like it was. He was like they 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 wrote him as like a ladies man, and uh, I would hate him, but he would probably be cool with me. He'd probably like call me bro. In game Bonk, who doesn't talk, and I could just go get Korean barbecue. Bonk's yeah. only verb is Bonk. Is that true? He would uh, slam his head into no, the in, table. In the, sen- in the sense that other video game characters' only verb is kill. Bonk's mm. verb is Bonk. I feel like the the Professor Bird guy from the Battletoads series would not like me. No. Oh man, that guy would hate you. Yeah, he really. We would not get along at all. That guy would really. He would. He would go right after your nuts with his foot. Uh, Marcus Phoenix. I don't see him and I getting along. Nice. No. I, I think well, no, Marcus, Marcus Phoenix would definitely Marine, chill with me. The Space Marine from Doom and I have a lot in common. B.J. Blaskowitz? Wait, no, B.J. Blaskowitz is the character from Wolfenstein. The Space Marine from Doom has no name. They're, yeah, they're, they're similar, though. They've got the same kind of face. I mean, Space, let's face it. Space Marine wears a helmet. They have a similar face, though. Under the helmet? <laughs> I think uh, the the guy from Excite Bike, who's riding oh. a motorcycle, I don't think he would like me. Well, after yeah. what I put him through. 
Yeah. Yeah, he has good reason not to like I would it. make those edit levels where it's just the loop and he falls, and then like I right think, away yeah. without enough speed, it's just the loop again. I think Daxter from Jack and Daxter would uh, try repeatedly to bite off my testicles. <laughs> I, think, I think he would... Uh, he just would immediately just upon meeting you, he would just <laughs> like immediately just dive right for him. He'd, yeah. go, he'd go right after my balls. He'd just like think, open his mouth and you'd be like, oh, you're going to die for my testicles, and he wouldn't even nod, he'd just like go... <laughs> I think Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite wouldn't like me. No. Because, no probably uh, not. Because I don't know. I really I don't know why. I'm just really sure. Just I was the whole time I was playing that game. I'm not even kidding. This actually isn't a joke. The whole time I was playing that game, I was like, why do I get the impression that this girl is a girl I wouldn't like if she were, or a girl who wouldn't like me if if uh, she were real? Is, is she like the kind of girl that I would message on OkCupid okay and then I would meet her and then we would hang out and the whole time I would just be crushed by this this natural and uh, wholly grounded assumption that she dislikes me. and uh, <laughs> it, But she still keeps talking to me and trying to carry a conversation. Have you ever heard that? Like just heard two people talking to each other and it's like really obvious that one of them doesn't like the other but just doesn't want to stop talking for some reason? Yeah, Tim, I date too. It's horrible. No, I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I'm. I'm never. I've going been married another... for years. I don't have to do. I just. You know. I. I don't think I Sonic the Hedgehog would like me. Sweet. I think Sonic would find me too slow. I think Knuckles wouldn't like me, but Sonic would like me just fine because we can both run real fast. I guess. I think I'd get along more with Knuckles. Sonic is knows. friends with. So- Sonic is friends with Big the Cat, though. So there's hope for us all. I'd hug Big the Cat. Yeah, Big sure. the Cat would like us all. I mean, that's all. Yeah, right. yeah, I'd get we get along with Big the Cat just fine. Can we get we Big just, the Cat for our next podcast? Let's get BT, BTCs, I call them. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> you're I so think close. that uh, the green from Gunstar Heroes would hate me. All right. I think, I think the he NPC would. from Grand Theft Auto Five that's like a slightly chunky blonde girl in a tank top would not like me. Oh, her. <laughs> that no. yeah, she would probably not like you. Yeah. I yeah. think that uh, Princess Daisy. From Mario Tennis would not like me. Oh yeah. Just Mario Tennis. Yeah. Who would who would like you less, Princess Peach or Princess Stacy? Princess Peach. All right. Uh, uh, all the robots from Ape Man. Sure. Oh yeah. All right. Most video games. I think Mega Man would shoot me in the balls with his Mega Buster the second he saw. Not if Daxter gets you first. That's true. Wait, he might shoot Daxter's face. Yeah, that would be horrible. We don't want that. I would just have Daxter's blood all over my groin and my legs. (laughs) And and then Mega Man would see that, and then he would shoot me in the stomach. And then he would shoot himself in the head while I bled to death. (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to our last question before the lightning round. What is the longest you've played an unsatisfactory video game until it redeemed itself? Until it oh, redeemed yeah. itself. Uh, yes. They never redeemed themselves. I decide about five minutes in that I, I don't like yeah. a video game, and then I just I don't allow for redemption. I'm actually pretty sure that I'm I have the same exact answer as Tim, whether or not he was serious. Like I I don't I don't think sticking it out has ever paid off for me, so I just stop sticking it out. Like I, I it's really obvious right away if a game's gonna be good to me. Yeah, I have beaten games I didn't like. And, right, me too. and I have liked end, games I didn't beat. I was like, oh, that was that stayed bad. Limbo was shitty the whole way. Kind of oh, got worse towards the end. Yeah, Limbo just got worse and worse. It's just a snowball of badness. Yeah. It was basically Braid, game. guys. It was what? But it was basically you... Braid, guys. No, How Limbo sucked like... really bad. Limbo wasn't Braid. I, I think you're joking. It's okay. Yeah, that's, that's uh, what everybody said about Limbo. It was basically Braid. That's a good joke. They were I uh, I played Bioshock. Okay, so Bioshock Infinite is a good example. I I slogged through that whole game, and uh, just at the very end, like when the ending starts happening, I was just I was lolling like a psycho. Well, I didn't just, you play that I game out of obligation? Sh- what? Didn't you play that out of obligation? No, there was no obligation. I played oh. it so I could write a scathing twenty thousand word review of it. Uh, uh, the uh, the original Far uh, Fallout. The original Fallout starts super slow. Yeah. And has a really unpleasant part where you're like killing rats yeah. and it sucks. And you're then, just kicking rats yeah. for like a like a good twenty minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then well, I then, but then you walk outside and it's like, oh here's a whole world. Yeah. Here's the fun Baldur's part Gate of the game. Who does that? Baldur's Gate two, I found the beginning just unbearable. But then the game was cool. 
That's a so, good answer. Okay, that's my answer. Fallout 1, which is Kicking better rats. in Fallout 2 and solved in Fallout 3. For all of Fallout 3's problems, it does not have that, like, oh, I'm shooting rats. I think yeah. Final Fantasy 12 gets a lot better after the first couple hours. No. Final Fantasy 12 is all right. Final Fantasy 13 was a game that I played for a long time expecting it to get better, and then it never did. And then at the same time, I shrilly started laughing at it, but that might have been due to the psychosis. Uh, Bioshock Infinite, though, I really, I can't stress enough that I feel like the ending part redeemed it to me because it was just so stupid at the end. It was just so amazingly, turgidly horrible, so deliciously terrible at the end that I was, I was like, I don't, I don't know if you, I guess none of you guys have played it, so have you? Anybody um, I, I watched the ending online. Oh, okay. I, I almost would recommend playing the game to people because of how funny it is. If only there was like a patch like on, on the PC version where you could just like everybody died in one hit or whatever. I feel like that would make it much more bearable where you just shoot people once and they die and you have like, you're not invincible but you're sort yeah. I don't know. That's getting into too much boring stuff. But yeah, that game was so funny at the end that I feel like the experience redeemed itself. Are, are th This is a different question, but are there good shooters where people have the stamina of regular people? Mm. Including you? Uh, meaning, like, they get shot once and they're done? Yeah, and you too. But like Those Rainbow Six games on the place. PC were yeah. pretty good about the... The Rainbow Superman. Six games, uh, it's not good so much as it's interesting, but, um... Oh, hell, what's the name of it? Receiver uh, on Steam, which is like three or four bucks, has enough neat ideas in it to make it worth yeah. playing, even though it's like one hit kill. I kind of like uh, I kind of like Arkham Asylum on the super hard mode, where you actually died if you got shot right away. Uh, oh, that is cool. Because that made you feel more like Batman-y, but um, I don't know if that's you know a fair answer because it's like super hard mode, right? I, I liked that Rainbow Six on the PC. Like, around the time that came out, there were a couple... This was before the whole Call of Duty mold had kind of settled onto everything. So it was like... there. It was just all about these really interesting situations where the map is like this big, open thing, and there's like one thing that's going to happen on this map. You're not going to... You don't have some level designer just kind of plugging away at it for maximizing the content per square virtual inch or whatever. And uh, it's just like, shoot this guy once to kill him, he hits you, you're dead, start over. Like, I feel like there were a lot of cool things going on in games at that time. The end. That's that's it. So that's all I've got for that. I don't, I don't know. Alright, uh, let's move on to the lightning round, folks. Oh, hey, that's cool. We are going to play uh, one of my favorite games. Uh, it's called Playing Favorites. Uh, this yeah. is where I name someone or something, and you suggest what their favorite video game might be uh, today or throughout game history. Uh, okay. Usually there's a usually there's a theme. All these people have something in common. This week what I did was I went to Wikipedia and I uh, just hit random articles until I got interesting people. Okay. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll begin now. Pope John Paul II. Um, one of the farming games. A farming game? Is that what you said? Yeah, the one I Harvest can't, Moon. My, the game Harvest Moon, yeah. Why yeah. do you think you would like Harvest Moon? Just in he one. He was really into being in touch with the people. That's what he was known for as a pope. Well, oh, there's a lot of those guys who are in touch with people, if you know what I mean. No, oh, but not the molesting children. Yikes! Uh, Byzantine Emperor Justinian the First. Civilization three. All right, three. Uh, I don't so think... You don't. You, you don't hear three very often. Yeah. <laughs> Why three? Because uh, it's a good number. Cool. All right, it's a magic number. Sixteenth uh, cent century Chinese playwright Mei Dingzhuo. Whoa! I know Mei Dingzhuo. I think he would like Bandit Kings of Ancient China based on the uh, 14th, 13th century novel, uh, The Water Margin. I'm good with that. Alright. Crash Bandicoot. Good. Uh, Crash, Crash, Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot actually is probably better. <laughs> yeah. Crash Bandit King of Ancient China. <laughs> Crash, Crash Bandit King. Creative advisor to Gary Gygax, Jacob Menzer. 
uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons uh, Pool of Radiance? Uh, no, I bet it's something way more. It's like, he would really be really into the game Hegemon Alexander of Macedon. The Bard's Tale. Um, no, I've, it's they were, like, the D&D guys were war game nerds who accidentally yeah. got rich making fantasy games. He yeah. would be really into, like, a game where you pl- play historically accurate Alexander of Macedon adventures with, like, supply route protection being a really core part of the gameplay mechanic, and you win by winning the way he actually won those battles in history. I agree. I agree with you. Mothra. The uh, Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaiji Mothra. Well, he would like uh, Godzilla on the NES where he play as Mothra. I don't think he'd like the fighting games as much. I think he'd like the more platformy ones. Mothra would love Pokemon because they're one of the few games that lets you get a moth in there. Uh, He also likes that uh, that one arcade dance game in Japan where you have to wave your upper appendage up and down. I think Mothra would like uh, he would like Sakurazaka Showbotai for uh, uh, the uh, uh, PlayStation 2. That's Irem, the Disaster Report team's firefighter game because there's lots of flames in it. Sure. uh, Moths like flames. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about oh, that about Moss. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Argentinian tennis champion Guido Pella. Virtual tennis too. Well, he uh, probably likes soccer. Yeah. Maybe. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he plays 11. tennis all the time. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure it's dirt too. I think <laughs> yeah. it's a, a rally racing game. You, dirt like, too. That's that's the kind of thing I imagine a, a sports athlete would like. Uh, Dan Whedon, the mastermind of Nike's "Just Do It" ad campaign. Oh man, he would like uh, any turn-based RPG where you press the button and you tell the guy to fight and then you just scream at them to just do it, god darn it, just do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. like then any like tactical game or, or like... Uh, RTS. RTSs. Yeah, was, he was StarCraft 2, yeah. No, turn-based strategy, I think. Real-time strategy is good enough because you click on all the tanks and then you yeah. click on the enemy base and you go, just do it. And they start watching the board. Thomas Jefferson. So Command and Conquered 2 actually is the answer. Thomas Jefferson... Yes. Mm. Incredible. Uh, any any indie game. Incredible. Just, he would, he would be big on the indies right now. Yeah. He's all about what's declaring the, independence. What's the game the Incredible Machine guys are making that's an indie game? How, how about the Independence de- Declaration Machine? Yeah. Are, uh, is there one? Like I know there's a Rube Goldberg machine that was recently talked about. I feel like I mean Thomas Jefferson like built stuff under his floors so that. These doors, when you opened one of a set of swinging doors, the other one would open automatically. And all of this shit was like handmade, one of a kind. He's totally like, he, yeah. he wants to play the Incredible Machine. He'd probably like and, Lemmings uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mao Zedong. Oh, that guy? He yeah. was like Band of Kings of Ancient China. By sure. For the, Years of War. Who would be better of... Who would be better at Band of Kings of Ancient China? Mao Zedong or Mating Zhuo? I think Mao would be a little better. I don't. Know. He, he was the one who unbanned the book and brought it back to the Chinese uh, attention. He, he unbanned it. He unbanded it. Yeah, unbanded it. Unbanned it. Unbanned it. Yeah. He unbanned it. King of ancient China. Yeah, he, uh, that's what <laughs> Denzel he did. Washington. Black Hawk uh, Down. Denzel Washington would, uh, you know, yeah. Pilotwings Resort in particular. Why is that? Uh, he just wants to chill out. He yeah. takes all these really stressful roles. Like he just wants to chill out and is. Also, he could practice that maneuver from the movie Flight, where he. Yeah. Like, yeah. He probably uh, likes the the free flying mode with uh, the jetpack. From he the really yeah. It's, game. it's like he he'll play with the plane to yeah. unlock stuff, but really it's just about the jetpack. Yeah. I, I just want to take a moment out and say how much I appreciate how Ian Adams is taking this game seriously, as opposed to making dumb puns. And like actually think what these game these guys would like. I I thanks thanks. I bring Ian. My A-game. Uh, number eleven, 19th century Norwegian think. military journalist Harald Hoyback. Uh, he wants the version of Battlefield Three that didn't come out. <laughs> <laughs> the one where you play as a as a photographer. Yeah, the original. Yeah. That's his favorite. Um, or no, Photo Boy on the PC Engine. Wait, as a photographer, you didn't have gun. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's it. And finally, Henry Ford. Oh, Henry Ford, Gran Turismo. 
Well, seriously. Maybe. Well, that one or, or I mean, he might like Forza better. He might be kind of. Uh, I think he like Gran Turismo better because of the idiocy of uh, the this, just the stupid amount of detail and uh, boring care they put into it. Well, do, doesn't Forza do that? Also, doesn't Forza have like Connect support where you like open doors and look in the car and look at the leather and stuff? I mean, which which one is stupider about that? I think Gran Turismo is stupider because of how much. Uh, I mean, they put all this care into it, and it's like really hard for any casual player to even kind of notice what it is they're really doing, whereas you know, they're like, oh, the Force is the same thing. I don't Grand think the opposite of Henry Henry Ford was all about most bang for your buck possible. Yeah. Model T stripped out all the amenities and went down to the essentials to get the a essentials. driving. In that case, it would probably be Burnout 3. Because, this concludes uh, the uh, Insert Credit Podcast, Burnout number 3. 65. Uh, thank you for joining us, Ian. Is there anything you'd like to uh, address before you leave us? Is oh, there, you got um, any special projects going on? I yeah, sure. You can download Battle Nations on the iPhone. I'm the lead designer on that game. I also Battle wanted Nations, to excellent game. Bring up two grudges, which were the okay. uh, Tim is wrong. Tokyo um, Jungle is actually pretty damn fun. It's a good game. It's okay. Uh, and that Brandon lies a lot and never admits that his favorite bonk is the GameCube remake, which is really, really good. <laughs> He'll never play it because it's no, on he's, GameCube. No, he's played and beaten it. He he Game freely admits it. when we yeah. talk about it that it's the best bonk. They tightened up the levels. It's really, really good. I oh, actually man. once owned that, and I liked it. Yeah, cool. It's great. I owned a bonk, and I liked it. Uh, so, th- yeah, so uh, if you want us to, if you want to send in your own questions, like Wes Ehrlichman's, uh, you can send those to podcast at insertcredit.com. Also, good news, we are reopening the votes for best game of all time. We're going to be doing oh, nice. that the first. We're going to be doing that the first week of January, so you've got some time to think about your entries. Uh, no limit on entries, so send in as many games as you feel need to be nominated. Uh, send those in as well to podcast.intercredit.com. Do not discuss them on any public spaces where our panel may accidentally see them. Just send them in to me at podcast.intercredit.com. Uh, what you've, else you've got to do is you've got to hang out with us on facebook.com slash icpodcast. You could check out the audio version of the podcast as we release episodes either on iTunes or at podcast.insertcredit.com. I've been saying the word podcast a lot, and it is starting to taste bad in my mouth. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I hope you guys uh, stick around after the show if you're listening to this live. And we'll do a little Q&A before we leave you for the week. And, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. I'll see you at episode 66. I'm Alex Jaffe. Oh, Ian, you got to go first because it's alphabetical. Oh, I'm Ian Adams. I'm Frank Zafaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. And now, you're playing with podcasts. Podcast over, yeah!